Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. So, Devin, what's your story, dude? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, current Cairo, well, I guess not current anymore, but current Cairo school dropout uh, in the meantime. Um, I went through seven trimesters out of 10 at New York Chiropractic College, now called Northeast College of Health Sciences. Dealing with some severe burnout, um, definitely a lot of variables that played into that. And just kind of like taking time off at the moment. Um, I've had, I've been lucky to be able to like connect with Raul through like Instagram, just online coaching. Um, and he's been like a huge help, with, like coaching, mentorship, all that stuff. Um, and just having like chats around like kind of what's going on in my life and like where I'm kind of headed. Like I have no idea if I'm going to finish Cairo school, if I'm not. Um, that's kind of been the big decision of this downtime that I've been toying with. So, yeah, dealing with something like that is is pretty crazy. I mean, Raul, you also have a similar aspect to that, right? Because you were telling me what quarter two, you were like, dude, am I yeah, in the I right almost, spot? I almost quit quarter two and quarter three. Spoke with a lot of mentors. Um, I still don't know if I made the right choice, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, the the burnout is real. Um, even like from the start, like three months in, I was already feeling that type of burnout. Uh, but I, I guess I just ignored it. So what what made you what made you choose to just take a break? Like, did something specific happen, or was it just cumulative? I, tr I just hit my breaking point, honestly. Because I mean, even like you said, like quarter three, quarter four, like I I had thought about it too. Um, even back in, I think it was either June or July. Um, I got like a full-time offer for personal training and I, like back in New Hampshire, um, while I was in New York, like I was ready to take it. Like, I was just like, that sounds really nice right now. Um, but yeah. And I think I just kept kind of pushing through. because I was just kind of telling myself like delayed gratification, like it'll be good. Like you'll make a lot of money out of school. It'll be worth it. Um, but I never really like took the time to slow down and reflect and make sure it was still the decision that I wanted to make for myself to finish school. Um, and I think, yeah, like I just got to my breaking point. Like, like I just couldn't do it anymore. And there was a lot that had happened over the fall of like trimester six and trimester seven, where it was just like, you know, like basically like listening to you guys, obviously I think we have like, we share the same critical view of chiropractic and, the education that goes along with it. And I think a lot of that was frustration in that regard of just, you know, coming to Cairo school and like really believing chiropractic, like, Oh, this is going to be it for me. Like it's going to make a meaningful and fulfilling life. And I'm trusting the, you know, the university to give me what I need to come out a great clinician and like figure out that that's just not the case. Like it's all like outdated information. Um, And I think like that was just like super frustrating for me. And I think that it's like, I don't want to blame chiropractic for that. Cause like a lot of that I think has to do with me and like my relationship with myself too. And like, cause I burnt myself out of like pretty much anything I want to do. And I think even with burnout, like there's so many different types of burnout you can go through. And so it's like, I have my personal experience and that's really all I can speak on. But like looking back, it's like, I can, 
I've burnt myself out of pretty much anything. Kind of like I said, and like growing up, it was like not a lot of self-confidence, like very insecure with myself. Um, like always the fear of being inadequate. And I think the pattern that I've reflected on and seen is just externalizing a solution for that. So like first it was baseball. Like I just, like I found some success in baseball at a young age. I hung on to that. It was everything. I started playing year round. I started doing like winter workouts, summer leagues, spring leagues, like with school, um, even some like AAU leagues. I would play baseball video games. I would watch baseball. Like that just like became my identity. And like I ended up going through like a pretty serious bout of like sports anxiety where they call it like the yips, like technical terms. If you want to talk like diagnosis of whatever it is, but um, like I couldn't even play catch with anybody anymore, like 25 feet away. Like I couldn't even throw a baseball to the kid in front of me. I'd either sail it over his head, spike it into the dirt. And it was just like, I'd put a baseball in my hand and I would just lock up. And it was just like catastrophic for me because baseball was everything. So it was like, oh, now I can't do the one thing that I feel like I'm decent at and enjoy. And it just like having that taken away from me, it's like, it was like a very depressing state for me. Um, so it was just like dealing with that. And like, I brought that same relationship into like working out when I first started working out, like the the external pressure I put on myself, of like, oh, I got to be the strongest, most shredded kid in every room that I walk into, or it's not good enough, like just constant like that and like what happens when you have a bad workout then it's like shit like that just sucks it's like so much unnecessary suffering that I've created for myself over the years and I like now here I am with chiropractic like I just instead of baseball and working out then it became my career because I just kind of like hop to the things where I feel like I can be successful and find these find this fulfillment like I'm looking for an answer almost um and I think like the biggest thing for me, like the biggest tool of, of dealing with burnout, which I wish I had done like way earlier on is just making the time for reflection and like, right. Cause you always have this, this vision for yourself. And like when I was, you know, like your, your vision, vision changes. And if you don't take the time to reflect on that, to make sure that you're still working towards that vision, it's like, you're just doing things that you think you should do rather than doing things that you actually want to do. Right. Cause like my vision when I was 10 years old, I wanted to play in the MLB. Right. But it's like, if I never reflected, I'd be continuing to pursue that goal. But like, that's not my vision anymore. Like I don't want to play in the MLB at all. I have no desire to do that. So it's like, I think just like making the time for reflection along the way. And I think that's been the, the biggest positive for me is like, I started like going to therapy in November before I started or before I like actually made the decision to withdraw. Um, and just having that like unbiased individual to like reflect thought off of has been super beneficial and like getting me to dive deeper onto the things that like why why I was there in the first place like why did I decide to go to Cairo school and all that stuff and then you realize like you look back and it's like oh I made all these immature decisions in high school and undergrad like somebody told me that there was no money in personal training and I was like oh okay I'll just get a doctorate and then I'll make more money. But it's like, there's plenty of money in personal training. Um, as long as you don't just settle for your NASM CPT and then sit at a box gym the rest of your life. Like you just have to like right. rise above that. Um, and it's really just like how much work you want to put in. So. 
I do have a question because yeah. there's a common theme that I've been seeing amongst a lot of high achievers. Um, my, you know, I, I, I experience this. I'm, I'm sure Raul experiences this and a lot of people experiences is we all have this self-imposed pressure that we put on ourselves. And I find that it's hard for me to, even though I'm well aware that I'm doing it to myself to kind of let down the pressure because low key, I think that's part of my superpower, my, my drive to just, keep on pushing through. So I was going to ask you, do you think that it was hard to either reflect or to reduce the amount of pressure you put on yourself? Because maybe that was the very thing propelling you through your success. 100%. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest struggle for me. And that's why it's like, it's taken me months to like get to the mindset where I am, where I'm actually feeling comfortable with the fact that I took time off mm -hmm. because I was beating the shit out of myself, even over break. Like a week after I withdrew, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're an idiot. Like, just finish the year and be done with it and, you know, have this successful career or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, that's like a thought that has had sitting in my, or sat in my head for, for quite some time. Um, and that was the, the story I told myself. It was, it was, you know, it was just like, oh, nobody else just works as hard as I do. Like, it was like taking pride in my, my work ethic. But it's like reflecting on it, it's like, what's that even for? Like if I'm not even doing something that I enjoy, like what, like I'm just making myself miserable. Um, and I remember having like a, a conversation with a buddy of mine, like quarter three, quarter four about like, you know, I keep telling myself that, you know, delayed gratification, like things are going to pay off, but I'm miserable in the process of it. So it's like, what's the point of that? And like, I had fear that that was never going to stop where it was like, Oh, now I graduate. And then I just jump to something else. And it's like, I'm still in that miserable process the entirety of my life. Mm -hmm. so. and, I, and I'm going to be very honest for because a lot of Cairo students listen to this it doesn't always get better after school <laughs> it might even in fact get a bit harder so it's it's something that you got to consider you know pros cons are you willing to go against the societal expectations of what a Cairo is or what people think <laughs> Cairo is so it, it, it's tough uh, so I definitely understand your point right yeah and like I don't think I'm in a position to either recommend or not recommend Cairo school for somebody. I think that's a very individual conversation that you have to have with yourself because I mean, like knowing what I know now, it's like, would I go back and do it? Like, no, but like hindsight is so easy, but had I not gone to Cairo school, like would I have gone through this, you know, period of my life where it's like, now I'm improving the relationship with myself. Like I have no idea if that would happen. So it's like, I, I don't regret anything. And I think there's a lot of good that you can do with Cairo. Like I know um, people who feel the same way about it, who are pushing through and they like are okay with that. They're like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it. And like, I, you know, I support that. And I think that they'll do great things in the industry too. I think it's just really reflecting on, um, you know, why, why you want to be there. Do you want to be there or do you just feel like you should be there? And I think that was the biggest realization for me. Was there a big polling factor for you to be wanting to go elsewhere? Because another thing about burnout is sometimes you don't experience burnout because you don't have a better option or you don't really know what your true interest is, right? But maybe you fell in love with something else while you were at chiropractic school. What kind of led to this burnout other than the fact that, you know, we have to learn BS, circle the BS, and then get through the whole curriculum? Yeah, right. So I think it was you know, kind of going back to the belief system is it was just like, I truly, like when I went to Cairo school, like I was bought in, like, I was like, this is it. Um, 
and then just uncovering that it really wasn't at the time but like I had because like Cairo and my career was my identity I just put all my stock in that and then just having that kind of it like it's obviously like uh like looking back on it it's stupid but kind of having you know that just ripped out from under you was a very uncomfortable thing and I think that was what really led to the burnout where it's just like I don't know what to do anymore and then it was just sitting with that idea um and it forced me to figure out what I wanted for myself Mm -hmm. so which is what yeah so Raul and I talked about this a little bit but like I don't know I've had an interest in psychology um and like even even you know growing up like personal training eventually did become my passion and it's like I just didn't make the right decisions as to like what that would look like for me um where it was like I would listen to other people based on like income and you know you need like this it's like it'd be more stimulating if you go to grad school and you're working with people in a clinical setting um but I really think that you kind of make that experience for yourself um and like just like over the years, like my personal struggles with the burnout and like my, my mental health. Um, cause like every time I get burnt out, it's like a very depressive state in my life. Um, so I've like always had some interest in psychology. Um, I'm actually thinking I just applied to, uh, like a master's in clinical mental health counseling program. Um, as like an alternate option. Will I take it? I, I have no idea. I do want to do some personal training in the meantime while I, I figure things out, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I really like the musculoskeletal rehab space. I enjoy that. I just, I don't necessarily think I enjoy what chiropractic, like the setting that chiropractic would put me in. And Raul mentioned, you know, societal expectations. Unfortunately, that's somewhat out of your control. And, you know, having to unexplain myself before I explain what I do is a frustrating thing. Like, I don't, I don't find enjoyment in that. Um, and there's also things like, you know, manual therapy and spinal manipulation, manipulation, which I truly believe that they have their place. But, you know, outside of a romantic setting, like I don't want to rub on anybody's traps. So yeah. I, I'd like to remove that, you know, resistance for myself for me enjoying my career. And like I would I've thought about um, what, you know, what the psychotherapy degree would offer me. And I've considered, you know, tying that into like a musculoskeletal rehab setting, whether it's working with people. Um, through acute and chronic pain cases too. So, mm-hmm. so my my girlfriend is an LMHC. Well, she's getting her certification in it right now, and I can tell you that um, there's a lot of overlap in what you know Kairos do and what well what Kairos should do and right. what she does. You know, and it's kind of crazy. You know, obviously I don't know them particularly because of HIPAA, but just kind of the things that. Uh, she mentions how easy it is to open up to her. I do think it's that expectation, right? I'm going to counseling. I'm going to therapy. I'm here to open up versus going to a chiropractor. The societal expectation is run them and gun them, crack them and get them out the door. So I definitely understand where you're coming from, where it's just like, do I, you know, if I see 20 patients today, do I need to have this conversation 20 separate times saying, Hey, we're going to do something different today. And hopefully they're okay with it because some people like, let's say you have somebody coming through the door and they've been going to chiropractic care their whole life. Good right. luck. Good luck doing something different. Uh, uh-uh. I know that my sacrum's out. It's twisted to the left. I just need you to pop it back into place. And it's just like your head explodes. You're like, okay, <laughs> uh, uh, lay down, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. 
yeah and like exactly it's like just creating that environment where i can still have the impact that i want and like the vulnerable conversations are really what i enjoy like i i discovered that very quickly in my um time in like the student working in the student clinic and if i can just create the environment where i can just focus on that rather than having all these other interruptions of the expectations coming in and the need for passive modalities and and stuff like that i think like i'll be able to still have the impact and probably like maybe work in the same space that i would like to but i'll enjoy it more and ultimately like that's what needs to matter more yeah i agree i agree and something something that i'm sick of go on something important that we got to consider um, when it comes to burnout is setting up boundaries for ourselves. Cause if we're being honest, burnout can happen even doing the stuff that we enjoy doing the most. Like I felt burnout like online coaching and that's something that I actually thoroughly love. So setting up boundaries, like take time for yourself, personal time, don't work 24 seven. I think that's also important because a lot of people think that, Oh, if I go and do something that I do love, I can just go 100% on it 24 seven and I'll never get burnt out. Well, that's, that's not actually true. Wait till you're in that situation and you're going to see that a couple months in, you're going to be burnt out. So I guess that that's something that a lot of people don't mention, but I do think it's important. I, yeah, I totally agree. And I've done it three or four times now. So um, I, I think I'm just at the point where I've gotten so sick of my own shit that I actually took the time to do something about it. And I think that's, you know, that's behavior change 101. Just get sick enough of your own shit, really. Like, you know, I think like even in like the chiropractic setting, it's the same thing, like changing expectations. Like they have to be willing to change their expectations if you want any hope of changing them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Same thing for me. It's like I hung on to that idea where it's like, oh, I just have a sick work ethic and like that's what like, that's what's going to make me successful is just this burning desire to be successful but it's mm-hmm. like no it's like i'm just ruining my life experience in the meantime and i eventually got sick of it so now I'm, here i am so for some people because right now we know that therapy is somewhat stigmatized right people like i'm not gonna go to therapy i'm not crazy i don't have a problem and it's we all know it's not like that but right as somebody that has gone to therapy somebody that has shown the skill set to have uh reflection or introspection is there any tips or techniques that you use that somebody that's listening that would love that would be able to use it that you would be able to share yeah, I think for sure. Um, journaling is definitely something that has been super valuable for me. I mean, I, I definitely have like more than one technique that I've kind of uh, started to use. Journaling has been a huge one though. And I think just kind of, I mean, it's it's thinking on paper really is all it is. And being able to dump it out on a piece of paper and then just look at it and read it, it just gives you a different perspective. Almost, It's almost like as if somebody else is talking to you at that point, right? So it gives you almost like a more objective perspective of your own thought where it's like now i'm not thinking it and speaking it in whatever emotional state that i'm in and i can just like see that and you know you put something down on paper and you're just like that's fucking ridiculous like i sound so insane right now Uh and it just gets you to kind of think about things like that um and i also think it just really helps you piece thoughts together um definitely like meditation practice has been huge for me and i think there's like a lot of resistance in the same sense as therapy for meditation um but it's really just becoming aware of your mental and emotional state at any point in time you know it's not like the humming and you know 
fingers up, whatever <laughs> that people think it is. Um, and there's a lot of like guided meditations on there that actually do uh, a great job of kind of explaining what it is, what it can do, um, gives you some like science behind it, which, you know, as somebody who like reads scientific literature, like that's always an important thing for me because I'm after going through chiropractic school, I'm a skeptic. So mm-hmm. um, that's been that's been a huge help for me. And I think just over time, it, it becomes easier to apply that to like everyday situations. Um, and yeah, I mean, those two things have been huge. Um, I know Raul sent me like this profit first book. And like, I think I really like the concept of that, where I think the equation is it's profit, profit minus income equals expenses. Am I right there? I might be wrong. Um, yeah, sounds right. But it's like taking your income first rather than profit minus expenses equals income. So it's like right. applying, like lateralizing that to life experience. It's just like do the things that feed you and fuel you first and then make everything else work around that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like through Cairo school, it's like I put aside everything that I enjoyed just because I wanted to be good at what I do. So it's like I, I would stop free reading. Like anything I read would be scientific literature or it would be uh, a book surrounding clinical practice or exercise, something like that. And it's just, it's kind of like what Raul was saying just before. It's like, I need to do go a hundred percent on this one thing and neglect everything else. And that's just every time I burnt myself out that like, that is what it became mm-hmm. where it was just, there was no, I didn't make time for any outside interest other than that. So I think just like the profit first mentality, like make time for those things and then everything else out, everything else will work around that. That's a great point of view. I like that a lot. I mean, and and just to kind of uh, back up your point there, there's there's days where I feel like I don't want to be that clinician that's behind the eight ball or like, you know, I'm saying something that's now disproven. Now I look like a joke, right? So like I right. have that internal fear where I'm always like listening to a podcast that's talking about a new research paper that's out, something like that, right? But now... What I'm doing is when I drive to work, I'm listening to an audio drama about a guy in space, you know, just like <laughs> I, I, I'm about to go treat patients all day. Like I cannot learn about an ACL through like ACL recovery protocol through a podcast and then go talk to people all day and then drive home and do the same thing again. I will beat my head into a wall. No, I'm going to listen to this astronaut in space <laughs> right, because right. that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, if you can put yourself in a better position where you're enjoying your experience, like you're ultimately going to be in a better position to help somebody else enjoy their experience. And like, when you look at a clinical setting, it's like, from what we know about like natural history of most things, it's like, you're really just helping somebody mitigate the suffering around an experience. Right. So it's like understanding that just like try to make the experience as enjoyable for both sides as you can. Mm. So I don't know if you recall this, Raul. You and I were kind of going down the rabbit hole one day, just going back and forth with one of our famous talks prior to the podcast. And um, it just got to the point where we both made that realization where just like, dude, if you're like following evidence-based care, we're like almost more like psychologists, <laughs> you know, like like we're just sitting there having a, a serious conversation with no barriers and just letting people make sense of their own pain versus all the other modalities that we do to kind of backdoor those barriers to get to the real point of what are you, what's your expectations? How do you view your pain? You know, it's, it's like we, we're not better than time, you know, like when it comes to pain related outcomes, we are not better than time. So the most that we can do is just help them understand where they're at 
what they can do and just be more of a guide rather than the quote-unquote hero and quote-unquote heal them because that's mm -hmm. just impossible. I have one question left for you, Devin. And, you know, this is something that I thought was, all right, so you have this trend of you wanted to go all in uh, all the time, right? Yeah. Now you're shifting your focus to psychology and you really want to go down the, the mental health counseling, stuff like that. What stops you from following this pattern and, and going all in on this and potentially burning out here? Yeah, that's something I've thought about as well. It's like, and who knows, man, maybe I drop out of the, the master's program too, but, but no. Yeah. And I think just keeping, it's just like keeping the habits and strategies close to me of the meditative practice and the journaling and like constant reflection. Um, mm -hmm. I think if I can keep that close to me, it I'll be okay. Um, and yeah, dude, I don't, I honestly don't know. <laughs> like it, uh, it's definitely something that I think about and it's made me kind of flip flop back and forth where it's like, maybe I'm just doing the same thing again. But mm -hmm. right now I don't have any desire to go back to Cairo school. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just like can't do that right now. And maybe that'll change in the, in the future. I think I have like seven years to finish my degree, but as of now, I'm just kind of following my, my curiosity and where I want to go. And I'm just going to see where it takes me. And I'm going to do my best to kind of keep these experiences as close as possible to me. So that way I don't continue to make the same mistake. I like that. I like that a lot. Devin, thank you so much for your vulnerability. I really appreciate that. I mean, sometimes we don't really get into the deep stuff because people don't really want to get there, you know, but you're more than willing to do so. And I think that people that are listening that are in the same boat as you is going to benefit from this tremendously. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. And like, like, like I said, there's so many types of burnout. So like, this is just my experience. Hopefully it helps somebody, but it's not the only way to burn yourself out. I'm sure. So. All right. So where can everyone find you if they want to ask you questions and everything like that? Uh, so just on Instagram, it's uh, my first name dot last name. So D-E-V-Y-N dot P-I-O-L-I. We'll, yeah, definitely we'll link that to, to the show out. notes. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to like ask any questions. So I'm mean, like, like I was telling you guys, like I'm an open book, so I'll answer whatever. 